Welcome to the Closer to You, Lord podcast. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening to all that are listening. I come before you joyfully because the Lord has given me a great message that I am here to share. I was reading my Bible, I was asking the Lord for something else, uh, but He led me back to the study of the Ten Commandments. So we are still on commandment number two. I had promised y'all a part two, and what the Lord gave me here was a case study of the veracity of his word. The Bible says that his words are forever. They never end, meaning if God said something, he will absolutely keep his word. And what an awesome and terrible thing that is at the same time. I want to remind you all of Exodus 20. Um, which is where the the Ten Commandments are, uh, specifically verse 4, which is where we were reading. I don't tend to quote scriptures. I like to put them in the comments or in the little information box, but here it is. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them. For I, your Lord, your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands to those who love me and keep my commandments. Amen. Praise the Lord. God does not exaggerate. He does not, he does not typically use metaphors or hyperboles. Hyperboles is a better word. He does not typically exaggerate his words. At least here in the Bible, I cannot find one single place where he just stretched the truth a little bit or when he minimized what it is, it is exact. So when the Lord says that there are consequences for idolatry, for bowing down and serving other gods, there are absolute consequences. Amen. And the Lord, if he said it, he meant it. There are no if, ands, or buts. And the consequences that we see here in Exodus 20, when he says that he visits the iniquity of the fathers, meaning he visits the sins that their parents did on their children, he meant it. And by the grace of God, we have a remedy for that. Amen. But it doesn't make it any less true. So I want to explore a case study found in the book of Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah was a prophet who had a job that I absolutely am not jealous of. He basically was a prophet during a very dark time in Israel. Um, where the people of Israel and the people of Judah who were both you know the same people they had split up for politi- political reasons but they were the same people when during this time that Jeremiah was speaking to them he was speaking to a people that were deep 
deep, deep in idolatry. And we are going to read about what the Lord told Jeremiah to tell the people of Israel. So I'll be reading specifically in uh, Jeremiah chapter 44. Thus it says, The word that came to Jeremiah concerning all the Jews who dwelt in the land of Egypt, who dwelt in the land of Migdol, at Tafens, at Noph, and in the country of Pathros, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel. Amen. I'll leave it there for just two seconds. Know this, that if y'all didn't know, <laughs> Egypt is not the land that the Lord had given to the Israelites, meaning that they are out of the country. You might say that they emigrated out of Israel and out of Judah, out of their cities. So they weren't inside. And what I want to highlight with this is that the omniscience of the Lord knows no borders. It doesn't matter if you're in the temple. It does not matter if you're in your house. It does not matter if you are in your school. It does not matter if you've left the country. It does not matter. If It doesn't matter if you're on the moon. The Lord knows. He knows what you're doing. And here, the word of the Lord came to these people who had fled and we'll get into why they had fled, but they had fled from their home country to be out and about in different countries. The word of the Lord still reached them. Some of y'all, the Lord might be speaking to you clearly. He might be urging your heart to come back to him to repent, but you might say, I haven't been in a church in forever. You might say, I've never actually been in a church. I don't know what that is. You might be saying, well, I don't even, I'm not even a Christian. I don't go to church. Even there, the Lord is speaking to you and he is saying, come back to me. So we'll return to the scriptures. You have seen all the calamity that I have brought on Jerusalem and in all the cities of Judah. And behold, this day they are a desolation and no one dwells in them. The Lord here is telling them, y'all seen what I have done in Jerusalem and in Judah. Y'all saw what I did inside of my own territory. Because Judah, Jerusalem, Israel, these are all places that the Lord consecrated specifically for his people. But even there, he made that town a desolation. What is a desolation? It is a place where there's nothing left to recover. There's nothing left to go get. When you see it, the only thing that it can give you is pain and sorrow. It breaks your heart just to see it because you know, everything that once was, no longer is. That is what happened to Jerusalem. That is what happened to the place that the Lord had consecrated for his own people. We'll continue. Because of their wickedness, which they have committed to provoke me to anger, in that they want to burn incense and to serve other gods whom they did not know, nor their fathers. Amen. Praise the Lord. Whew. The Lord tells them what happened, and he tells them exactly why it happened. It happened 
because they were burning incense and serving other gods. And I, I asked myself, really, what is it to burn incense? This practice comes up in, in the Bible quite a couple times. Um, it even says in some scriptures, and I won't find them right now, uh, it says that their prayers go up to the Lord. They rise up to him and he smells them like incense. What is incense? To burn incense is to provoke a god. It is to take them and present your wants and your needs. It is to perfume that space so that they might inhabit in it. It is to seduce, to invite in, to do these types of things. So the Lord is saying that in burning incense, really, they were inviting these other gods to their place. And they also served them. To serve other gods is to, is to praise them, is to worship them, is to do what they say. It is to look for ways to please them. And the Lord does not find that acceptable at all. Remember in Exodus 20, the Lord tells us that he is a jealous God. Meaning that you can't have two gods with you. You can have God. Or you can have everything else. You can have him. Or you can have the others. And something that's interesting with with other gods um, specifically. Is that when you have them you can have a lot of them. Because these false gods don't really care how many of them you have in bed with you. Right? They're okay with sharing. Because they know exactly where you're taking them. Where they're taking you. Which is you know straight to hell. So they work in teams. And you see this also in the New Testament when you see demons. Uh, they, they work in teams. They, there's many of them inside of a person. And that's unfortunately how the enemy operates. And he operates that way because he does not have the power that God has. The Lord is sufficient. He is all you need. There's nothing else outside of him that you need. So we'll continue going. Remember, the wickedness of these people is what incited the Lord to anger. However, I have sent to you all my servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing that I hate. So the Lord tells them, not only were y'all stepping out on me, and y'all knew that this was against my rules and my commandments because they had the Ten Commandments at this point. Not only did they know that they were breaking the law, the the Lord in his mercy, he sent out prophets to say, y'all are breaking the law. The Lord hates this. It is abominable to him. And I think that that's what happens in our lives constantly. We do something wrong and there's a little voice in our head that says, ah, no, stop it. Don't do it. This is wrong. This is evil. But we silence that voice and we do it anyways. And then it comes back and we continue doing it. And then it comes back and we continue doing it until there comes a time where that voice just shuts down. It goes away. Imagine the lives of these prophets living with the people of Israel. They knew that the people were wrong 
every day they would rise bright and early to tell the people y'all are doing something that is wrong and every single day the people kept doing what they were doing the lord god is slow to anger he sends warnings he always does it's it's the bible is full of warnings from god but there comes a point where judgment comes there comes a point where judgment comes so what did the people do with these prophets i'll read it to you but they did not listen or incline their ear to turn from their wickedness to burn no incense to other gods so know this that the people they didn't stop they didn't even stop to listen and they certainly did not slow down so what happens so my fury and anger were poured out and kindled in the city of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem and they are wasted and desolate as it is this day praise the lord it's kind of crazy what happened but you know the lord's anger and fury it just isn't some smoky cloud in heaven that makes the brights that makes the, the sky dimmer no it's not it manifests the power of god manifests here his anger manifests and sometimes his anger manifests in fire it manifests in wars it manifests in pestilences it manifests in illnesses it manifests in famines the lord god manifests here on this earth granted other things that are the lord that are from the lord manifest for example his mercy it manifests um the scripture says that the, the you know the sun rises on the righteous and on the wicked meaning that the lord's blessings the lord's mercy the lord staying his hand it is above the innocent and the guilty but y'all there will come a time where that no longer will be true because when judgment comes everyone is paid his or her due and the wages of sin are death eternal death we will continue now therefore thus says the lord the god of hosts the god of israel why do you commit this great evil against yourselves to cut off from you man and woman child and infant out of judah leaving none to remain the Lord tells you, don't play with him. Don't play with him. Don't play church. Don't play, I'm a Christian in some aspects of my life, but not others. Don't play the little, I'm holy and sanctified and beautiful in church. But the minute I step out, I already have planned out the sins that I'm going to commit. My God, don't play with him. I have to confess, there was a time in my life, that time is over by the grace of God that i too would go to church i would ask for forgiveness preemptively because i knew what i was going to do when i stepped out of that church i knew and that is not what the lord wants 
the Lord wants lives that are surrendered to him, that are completely for him. And this might seem pretty basic, but sometimes, y'all, we just need someone to tell us, stop, repent, stop sitting, stop doing it. Come to Jesus, lay it all at his feet. And it's hard to do, and it is, you know, something that takes practice, and also sometimes something that takes um that you know takes steps but if there are big things that you're doing things that you know 1000% that are wrong ask for forgiveness ask the lord to help you out of it and stop doing it and know that the lord will give you the strength to worship him the lord will give you the strength to live righteously before him the lord will forgive you of your sins and that is a promise. So the wages of sin, unfortunately, um, are death, right? And the wages of sin are not like the bullet of a sniper. They are like a flamethrower hitting a propane tank, meaning that when it explodes, it ricochets, it burns everything around it. So this is why the Lord says here, that you have cut off from you, man, woman, child, and infant. Meaning that there are innocents and sinners, both, that are suffering, sorry, for the sins of those who are sinning. And my God, that is a terrible thing. But it is true. We have to know that the sins that we think only affect us, the thing, the sins that we think we are doing in private, they have far-reaching impacts they have far-reaching impacts not only here in the physical but also in the spiritual realm which is why we must continuously cut off anything that is sinful from our lives especially idolatry i mean all sins are bad but idolatry is abominable unto the lord we'll continue in that you provoke me to wrath with the works of your hands, burning incense to other gods in the land of Egypt where you have gone to dwell, that you may cut yourselves off and be a curse and reproach among all the nations of the earth. So here the Lord is telling them, y'all saw what I did in Jerusalem. You know why I did it. I did it because y'all were burning incense and serving other gods. And I also know what you are doing in Egypt. What are y'all doing there? You're burning incense and worshiping other gods. The Lord is omniscient. He knows. You know that song, uh, that Santa song? He knows when you're not sleeping. He knows when you're awake. Be good for Christmas sake or whatever, however it goes. The Lord knows. He knows. He knows. Not only does he know what you're doing, he knows your heart. Therefore, anything that you know that is wrong, start repenting. Start saying, Father, I am sorry. Stop saying, start saying, Father, this is a terrible thing that I have done. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm struggling to stop. Help me, Lord. Cut it off from my life. And believe that if you come to him with a true heart, if you come to him willing to do whatever you have to do to stop doing what you are doing that is wrong before the Lord, he will absolutely help you in his mercy. However, the consequences of idolatry is that the iniquities of the father 
are visited upon the children. These children, these infants that were in Israel, that were in the cities of Judah, they hadn't done anything. They were just there, existing, being newborns. But the iniquity of their parents visited them. Many died. Horrible, tragic lives and horrible, tragic deaths. Um, Many probably died of famine. Many died of pestilence. Many died of illnesses. Many died of fires for so many reasons. Because unfortunately, the wages of sin are death. And not only that, they don't just affect the sinners. They affect everyone around them. I'll give you a simple example. You might be thinking, oh, this is super unfair. This is terrible. And yeah, it is terrible. But I'll give you an example. You drive drunk. You don't just wreck your car and go off the bridge or something. Maybe maybe you do, but in this example, you don't. What you do is that you hit an innocent family driving home from McDonald's. Did they deserve that? No. Were they innocent? Yes. You understand that concept clearly. Because one was guilty, one was innocent, but the both suffered. The same thing happens when the fury and anger of the Lord comes upon someone. Everyone around them, typically those that are closest to them, suffer for their sins. We'll continue. Have you not forgotten the wickedness of your fathers, the wickedness of the kings of Judah, the wickedness of their wives, your own wickedness and the wickedness of your wives? which they committed in the land of Judah and in the streets of Jerusalem, they have not been humbled to this day, nor have they feared. They have not walked in my laws or in my statutes that I set before them and your fathers. Unrepentance. Unrepentance. It, it infuriates me to see people that are clearly doing the things that are wrong, Other people are suffering for their terrible, bad decisions. And despite that, even if they themselves are suffering from their terrible and bad decisions, they dig their heels in, they puff up their chests, and they say, I won't repent. I am not sorry. I can't imagine how much that enrages the Lord. That enrages the Lord. And it not only affects them, it affects those around them. We'll skip forward a bit. Verse 16, and this is what it says. Actually, I'll give you preface. So the people of Israel that left to Egypt to continue in their idolatry and continue in their wickedness and their evil ways, the Lord found them out. He always knew what they were doing. And... The, the prophet Jeremiah calls them to stop it, calls them to repentance. But what do the people say? They say, actually, we won't stop. We won't stop worshiping these gods that we found in Egypt. Y'all, the Israelites were picking up gods like, I don't know, like, like Pokemons, like Pokemon cards. They were just collecting them. It was a terrible thing. Uh, so here they say, As for the word that you have spoken to us in the name of the Lord, we will not listen to you. 
for we will certainly do whatever has gone out of our own mouth to burn incense to the queen of heaven and pour out drink offerings to her as we have done we and our fathers our kings our princes in the cities of judah and in the streets of jerusalem for then we had plenty of food were well off and saw no trouble y'all oh my goodness it is a terrible thing to dig in your heels when you have been found guilty that's like going before a judge you have been accused of going 90 in a 30 (laughs) and you say yeah i did it and i won't stop doing it y'all how stupid how terrible how idiotic could someone be to do that but in this example this is what the king the people of israel were doing they were saying yeah we know we're wrong we won't stop and our wives won't stop our kings won't stop our princes won't stop we won't stop lord i don't i don't think i've seen much more stupidity on this earth and i'll call it for what it is it's arrogance it's pride and it's blindness Whew. they did not know what was coming for them i'll go a little further they said but since we stopped burning incense to the queen of heaven and pouring out drink offerings to her we have lacked everything and have been consumed by the sword and by famine let me tell you something this is a principle that it's kind of hard to understand but you you have to you have to know what's going on um the lord god he is a jealous god but these lowercase gods that are described here such as the queen of heaven they are also vengeful meaning that they're like an addiction right um when you have your supply when you're smoking what you're smoking when you're snorting what you're snorting it's all great it's all good it's amazing but the minute that you try to quit the withdrawal starts and these gods what they do is that they start to whip you they start to flail you alive they start to gnaw on your bones they start to shake down your house the minute that you say actually i don't really like you actually i'll stop burning the sage actually i'll get rid of the crystals actually i'll do this i'll do that but the only reason that these lowercase gods can do that is because they still have legal rights over you something happens when you come into covenant with a god meaning you you form an alliance with them that god has a a legal right to you and listen um we spoke i believe it was last episode about fathership right you can have two fathers you can have god the father who is in heaven who made you or you can have the devil as a father the same thing happens happens with gods you can have god the lord of hosts uh the king of Ju, the lion of judah the lion and the lamb you can have him as god right the one who died for you on the cross who loves you who wants you back who will take you back who will crown you uh who will give you peace and joy who will prosper you or you can have these false gods who are weak who need to gang up on people 
you have to have these false gods who quite frankly have very little power they have no power when the real god shows up so um the issue is is that they have legality right so i'll give you an example um you mess up before you know the capital g god it's terrible what do you do what happens when you mess up when you commit a sin he convicts you of that sin he lets you know that it was wrong he gives you the opportunity to repent he didn't just leave poof gone no that's not what happens the same thing with with these lowercase g gods you decide ah i want to detox i don't really like you anymore um i i'm not loving this whole relationship that we have going on what do they do they start to torture you they start to make things bad terrible for you because they still have legality over you and they want what they want from you which is again a terrible thing you don't want that there is a way to break these curses there is a way to break these covenants and how are covenants formed any time that you come to these gods and you start worshiping them any time that you start letting them know your problems any time that you come to them and you start well how do i worship you well what do you look like or where are you what are the details of your being that's when you start forming covenants with these gods but the blood of christ is sufficient to break these covenants but it involves repentance meaning saying nope no more i'm not going to do this and many other things the breakup with false gods can be painful because they kick and scream they throw tantrums however it is possible and it is what the lord god wants for you he wants you to break up with all of these false gods and only have him so i'll go on a little further and says thus says the lord behold i will give pharaoh hoptra king of egypt into the hand of his enemies and into the hand of those who seek his life as i gave um zedekiah king of judah into the hand of nebuchadnezzar king of babylon his enemy who sought his life amen praise the lord so as you see here the people of israel they fled from israel because the judgment of the lord was coming down upon them they went to egypt they continued in their sins of idolatry the lord warned them of it in egypt he gave them the opportunity to repent they dug their heels in which was my god which was very 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 not smart to do and finally after that had been done the place where they searched for protection was decimated they went to egypt to be safe and be able to do their idolatry in peace but what happened the lord visited his judgment upon egypt the egyptians were doing what they always did right they were worshiping their false gods living a nice happy life right however when god's people that he had a covenant with 
came into Egypt to continue breaking their covenant. Even then, the Lord sent judgment. And just as I told you, the wages of sin are death. And those wages are like a blowtorch on a propane tank. The people of Egypt got it too. They were going to get it eventually. Um, Amen. Because if, you know, Jesus says that he is the only way to the Father. Therefore, if they were not in accordance with the commands of God, if they were in rebellion um, to God, eventually they were going to be judged eternally. Um, They got their judgment a little earlier because the people of God came in to be idolaters in their land. So, y'all, if the Lord comes for you, meaning (laughs) he's coming to get you, um, if the Lord is speaking to your heart, he is telling you that he wants you. He is telling you that he wants to transform your life. He is telling you to let go of your false gods, of your idols. If he is telling you to do it, to let it go, don't run. Don't dig your heels in, in your sin. Come humbly before him. Amen. We haven't prayed yet today, so I'll pray now. And I pray that you think of this. I also pray that the Holy Spirit go before these words and that the Holy Spirit convicts your heart. I pray that the Holy Spirit testifies of Jesus. And I pray that the Holy Spirit lets you know of the judgment that is to come for those who did not heed the warning that he has set before you. So, amen. Father God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Father God, because you are here. I come before you, Lord, asking for forgiveness for my idolatry. Lord, if in any way I have been giving the incense that is supposed to be to you, for you, to another God, I ask, Father, that you forgive me. If in any way I have served, bowed down, given reverence to any other God other than you, Father, than you, Lord, than you, Master, than you, my shield, than you, my protector, than you, my healer, I ask for forgiveness. Father, I repent. And by repenting, I turn away. I change my mind. I turn around. I change my behaviors to honor you. I change my behaviors to praise you. I change my behaviors to worship you. I change my behaviors so that your will may be done here on earth, here in my life, here in my town, here in my building, here in my school, here where I live as it is done in heaven. Father, take control. Holy Spirit, guide me. And I pray this over every single person that is also listening. Father, any God, conscience or unconscious, unconscious, that that may be in the lives of those that are listening, I pray that they be rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you might bring them to memory, that you might bring them forward so that we, through your power, might rebuke them 
might turn away from them and that they might be cut off completely from our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your healing power. I thank you for cutting everything else off but you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you for coming to the end of this podcast. May the Lord continue to bless you in his truth. If you are interested in more details about this episode, the summary section contains useful tidbits. Please consider sharing this podcast so that it may be fruitful. God bless.